Welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grande Press. My name is Dana Petrovic, and each week my guests and I explore one aspect of Mother Earth and the gifts that she gives us. We also discuss why these gifts are so precious and why we should value them. We got you curious? Good. We love curiosity. Let's start. Dear listeners, we have arrived at the 24th episode of Conversations with Mother Earth. Unbelievable. To celebrate, we have a very exceptional topic today for you. After today, there will be two more sessions to an extraordinary broadcast for which I will tell you more at the end of this session. Today's episode deals with a topic that we all wish and long, really long for in our lives and love. More importantly, we will be specifically focusing on the topic of self-love. Today's guest, my today's guest is Dr. Joy Martina an amazing woman whose work I have been following for many years. Joy is a psychic psychologist and a channeler of crystalline consciousness. She specializes in high-level intuitive intelligence training for entrepreneurs, business owners, and celebrities. She is a best-selling author, the creator of Crystalline Oracle Training, a master hypnotist, and also a trainer of trainers. She's passionate about helping people strengthen their intuition, access their internal strength, and use more of their potential to create a life of their dreams. She adores guiding people out of their stuck states and inspiring them to enjoy life. Dr. Joy Martina, a warm welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth. Yay, I'm so delighted to be here with you. It's so wonderful work that you are doing. I, when, I remember when I read about you um, getting people stuck out of their stuck state, I thought we have to apply this to the whole world. <laughs> yeah, because don't we often get into stuck states? And I think it's so fascinating when I watch that process with myself, right? And, and you know, that whole thing of going into the stuck state, you kind of get down a rabbit hole and then you're going, 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 going. And no, this has to work. Right. And then you're and then you notice. Duck. OK, <laughs> here we go again. Let's get out of this hole. <laughs> How did we do it last time? What works? And I'm so glad we're talking about self-love because that really is a way out of the stuck state is realizing oh, I'm here. And regardless of why I'm here and what I did, I, I love myself. I love myself enough to acknowledge my ability actually to also get out of this. Because I think so often when we're in a stuck state, we, we're always hoping for that savior on the outside. 
whether he's a knight in shining armor on some horse or whether it's the magical fairy that's going to appear and just poof, magically put it all away. Um, we're always hoping that something out there is going to save us. And in truth, we're, we're the ones who need to put our armor on, maybe, or take it off, depends, um, and, and get out there and, and stand up again and fix our crown and say, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Let's go again. Yes. Take the learnings. Take the learnings with us. Drop the rest and get going again. And and yes, it sounds so simple. And it, it in in truth, it is simple. It's not rocket science, right? But it can feel so hard when we're just feeling frustrated and and sad and angry, maybe. So those emotions that that run us in those moments are actually the ones that are keeping us in that vibration of stuckness. Mm -hmm. And and then I think it can sometimes get so confusing because especially as women, we're taught not to be so emotional and that the emotions (laughs) are the problem and just get yourself together, right? (laughs) And I can tell you from my experience, I tried real hard. And, you know, growing up, and I've always had multicultural influences. So my mom is this British rose and English rose, very elegant and everything, and very contained in her emotions. And then my dad is this very passionate Austrian-Hungarian guy, uh, but also a nuclear physicist and very, very smart. And and growing up in that environment, it it was confusing. You just say, okay, emotions, what what do I do with them? Oh, best just shove them down, just just and and then deal with it later, right? And then I noticed growing up that this was not working for me because I could function like a robot. I was really good at being that people pleaser and just doing doing my best to do everything right. <laughs> I thought if I just get everything right, then everybody's going to be happy with me and then I can be happy. And it took me a while to be able to see the flip side of that and, and literally flip it on its head for myself and, and realize no, I've got to start here. I've, I've, I've got to be okay with what I'm feeling. I've got to understand why am I feeling this way? And sometimes when we're in an emotional state, I think a lot of what is going on is that we judge ourselves so hard. Yes. We'll be our worst critic. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely true. I, I sign up to every word. I, I was my harshest, harshest critic before and one aspect also you when you mentioned with your with your father or for us um living uh, or working in academia we also live in our head for me the the longest journey was out of my head into my heart to rekindle that love for me for the inner child uh, for 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 everything in me and it actually it took a major uh, tragedy that kind of brought me down to my knees and where i had to really find a way out of the rabbit hole through the grief through so many emotions to find that love I love how you're saying that because that is the exact process that I have found is so helpful so to get right into okay so what do you do because I think everybody who's listening is listening for a reason and the reason why you're listening is that there's a message here that's going to help you <laughs> because that's the intention that you and I set, right? We want to talk about self-love and we want to give really practical examples and tools so that you can go out there and now do this because self-love, love is, is a love. It's something we need to practice. So working through the emotions of especially grief and anger is crucial. We, we can't push them down any further. They're not going to go away until we face them. 
But the interesting thing is that sometimes when we just think of oh, grief process, anger process, it's like, it's scary. It's like, oh, sounds unpleasant. I don't want to do that. Sounds like a lot of work. It's not. So here's what I do. When I notice I'm, I'm stuck and there's, in, there's a lot of emotional charge in me that I, I don't know where to put, but, it, but it's there then I know the most important thing is to keep those emotions moving. Meaning because emotions are energy in motion in the body, what I need to do to be able to clear that out of my body is I need to move my body. Guess what? <laughs> so yeah, what I exactly. do is I have playlists and I have a grief playlist and I have an anger playlist and I have a joy playlist. And so what I do is I say, okay, I am going to give myself six minutes. Six minutes of moving this stuff through, clearing my energy field again, to be able to think clearly again. Because you see, when we're in a very emotional state, especially angry or sad, the, the smartest part of our brain is switched off. Literally, we do not have access to it. So we're just oh, in our reptilian brain and we're just reacting and reacting and reacting, getting nowhere. So what we have to do is we need to calm that brain down again, move those emotions out. So I put on the playlist of grief. Now, actually, I do anger first. But why do I do anger first? Because anger is uh, uh, on a frequency scale, it has a higher frequency than grief. So the very, very lowest um, emotion that we can feel is shame. Shame and guilt, that's all really low. I just get goosebumps just thinking of shame. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and then <laughs> a little bit above shame and guilt, guilt is then depression and sadness. And then above that is anger. So it actually feels better to be angry than to feel sad. And that's why many get stuck in anger, not realizing that the sister down here, the grief, they need to go together. Um, so I first put on my playlist for anger, right? So really sort of, you can do heavy metal, anything that gets your wah going, right? And I roll out my yoga mat. And then I lock the doors and I tell people, okay, this is my time. Whatever happens in here, it's fine. If you hear screaming, shouting, yelling, whatever, <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. So give me these six minutes. Then on my yoga mat, I make the commitment to keep my body moving throughout that length of a song. It's one song. Come on. It's at the most three minutes. So I get those two, three minutes out. And in that time, I behave like a toddler having a tantrum. So bam, <laughs> keep the arms and the legs moving and you, and you will notice that it, it just moves through you. You just think of all those things that make you angry, uh, the people that maybe upset you, the, the, the way you were disrespected. You just give it to yourself, right? And you just keep moving. And you'll notice that it goes through phases. So sometimes like 30 seconds, I'll go full bolt and I think, oh, no, I'm done. And I say, mm -mm. Two minutes, three minutes is this song, right? So you do that for one song to clear the anger. You take a breath, get those tissues out, right? And you go right into grief. You put on the playlist for grief. For me, the song that works best is The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. That's just really heart-wrenching sad. <laughs> so then I do the two, three minutes of grief. And then... I feel like a, after spring rain, it really feels like having showered, having just moved that through. And then I go into what do I really want? Where do I want to go? What, what gives me joy? What am I grateful for? And then I put on my joy playlist. And then I'll maybe just dance for one or two minutes just, you know, to smile and, and, and jerk myself up 
frequency-wise into a level of at least acceptance. <laughs> because after anger, right, we get into acceptance of saying, okay, it is what it is. And then when we have, it's an easier jump to get into gratitude. And gratitude is the portal. Gratitude for having a body. Gratitude for being able to take that next breath. Gratitude for that, that water that comes out of the tap, hopefully in your country. The, the food on your table, the friends that you have, the roof over your head. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. And in no time, you've switched from a stuck state into a state where you yes. can act, start creating what yes. you want. But even some basic things like the ability to speak, the ability to hear, the ability to see, um, ability to move, the ability to, um, yeah, to live, to simply live and enjoy one more day. Yeah, yeah. And you said uh, when you were talking about your journey that it took a, a tragedy for you to be able to kind of go on your knees <laughs> and then get up again. And I think that these dark nights of the soul that we all have, we have to have, that's how we evolve, right? Um, we can make those more joyful for ourselves just by honoring that that is necessary. And that that doesn't mean that we have failed. It doesn't mean that we're unfixable. No, we're just going through the next level of evolution. And, and that is what I... I try so hard to, to incorporate in my teachings and in my one-on-one -on -one work, whether it's with children or with adults, is let's find that joy for life again. Because you see joy and happiness are two different things. Um, yes. Happiness is something that we usually ascribe to something on the outside happening so we can feel happy. Oh, yeah, I'm going to feel happy when I have that job, that man, that whatever, that house. <laughs> it's something that's out there. But joy is, is something different. Joy is that what we were just talking about. It's a mixture out of gratitude and passion for life. And sometimes it's just that little spark that's inside of you, even in the darkest moments that's there saying, come on, you got this. It's worth it, right? It's that that keeps you breathing. And, and, oh, and that joy, that joy is, is totally independent from what's going on around you. We can even feel grief and joy at the same time. The, the Portuguese have such a beautiful expression for that, and it's called saudade. And saudade is, is the gratitude and the, the beauty of remembering beautiful moments. And at the yes. same sadness there that they are no longer. So I yeah. think if we were to incorporate more of that saudade, that gratitude for the present moment and slow it down a bit, <laughs> I think we'd all have an easier time finding that joy again. And, and this planet needs more joyful people. Oh, absolutely. Especially when we come out of COVID. At some point, we will have COVID under control. We will need lots of joy. Lots of people are grounded, lots of people are grounded in self-love because we will, you know, so many people have lost so much. So all it's left is, is deep sense of love and joy that we are still there, that we are still standing. And that we can develop compassion for our fellow human beings. Because I think yeah. um, what I've seen also, especially in my work with children, compassion needs to be taught. 
you know, um, we are most of us empaths from day one that we are born. That's part of being human. But being an empath doesn't necessarily mean that you are able to feel compassion. So when we are empathetic, we are able to feel what another person feels, right? Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we care to help the other one or that we can help ourselves. It, the Dalai Lama sells, uh, tells this pretty story of the difference between empathy and compassion. So say you find this huge rock and there's a person lying underneath that rock and that guy's saying, help me, help me, help me, right? Then if you have empathy, you might go lie down with that guy under the rock and, and feel their pain. If you have compassion, you're going to go and get some help and move the rock. So exactly. <laughs> that compassion is something that we're either taught in childhood or not. And I think yeah. we're seeing that the way we have been teaching children, the way we've been uh, treating this planet has not been compassionate. Um, no, absolutely and- not. Absolutely not. Fellow human beings, be fellow human beings, fellow um, species uh, on this planet with whom we all are interconnected. We haven't been treating None of these have been have we been treating well. So this is the sad reality. Um, mm. You are mentioning something um, which I wanted to address, Joy. Um, you you have two decades or longer. You have decades of work with adults where you helped people get out of these stuck states. But now you are turning more towards children. Why have you decided to move more towards that work? <laughs> I love that question because I feel I have done everything for adults that I can for now. I'll keep doing it, right? Um, But I decided that I have to focus my energy where it is going to help most and have the greatest impact. Um, So one thing is teaching and training and helping those that are helping others. So I love helping philanthropists, people who have an impact, who are already doing great good work, but need help to to stay on top and, and keep going. Some of them are burnt out. They've been doing this for decades. And, yes. Yes. Right. Um, and then I want to focus and I love my work with children because that's where the change happens so quickly, where I feel I'm investing into the future of this planet more. And I feel, you know, I have three children of my own. I have two boys who, who are already grown up, uh, 22 and 21. And then I have Grace, who's 12. And I sometimes get so frustrated at seeing the school system deteriorate to a level where, especially now in these last two years with all this homeschooling and school shutting down or whatever, it, it's a disaster. <laughs> it really is. So I, I was reading this article of the New York Times actually a couple of years ago when America was creating these, I don't know where they still have them, it's a political thing, not this topic, but they had, they had these detention camps on the Mexican borders for the... Um, yes. Right? And these are children detention camps. So they're yeah, putting yeah, they these- separated children from parents. Yes, this is a disaster. Right? And I was reading this this uh, headline article about the, the states in these uh, camps and the fact that the children are committing suicide. So they're having to tie some of these children to their beds and watch them at night so they don't go kill themselves. Children are trying to flee from refugee camps under the, the fences at night and drowning in the sea. Uh, you know, uh, suicide in, under children is is just shockingly high right now and it's rising. And even in that time, so a couple of years ago, this article really got to me. 
I was sitting there just coming back from teaching a big training and yeah, I was sitting business class all plush, right? And all, and reading this article and I just, I, it just felt so wrong. I said, how can I be sitting here in my squish plane or not mine, but you know, and I know that my children are well and, and know, be okay that just along the road, right? In, in a Western country, in a civilized country, this is happening. So after getting really upset about it, I thought, okay, so what can I do? Um, there are a lot of people out there, thank goodness, doing great work, giving clean water to children and, and, and education and food and, and all that thing and pr- trying to prevent uh, violence in children. But what could I specifically do? And then I thought, oh, well, if we say that these poor children that are going through this right now are just having their dark night of their soul, um, what would help them? The only way that I think we can address this problem is by teaching children how to help themselves because the system's failing them. Their parents are not there for them. So they're going to have to at some point learn, how do I help myself? So what if I took everything that I've been teaching adults and make it so simple and so easy to access that I could teach children? And not only I could teach children, but millions of people could be teaching children. Why, what if this could become a way of life to keep finding your joy, to learn how to become a conscious creator, how to manage our emotions, how to deal with stress and how to overcome trauma that's going to happen in life. We're all traumatized in some way, (laughs) more or less. Some of us have to go through horrific experiences. Either get to have just an accident or just an annoying mother or just an abusive father. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound disrespectful, but I'm saying that we all have our challenges. And if we were to have the tools in those moments to help ourselves, we could come out of these challenges as heroes because so many do, you know, I've also worked with amazing people who've seen their family be slaughtered in front of their own eyes. And they oh, go out yeah. there, they're the most amazing doctors and healers, the kindest, most compassionate, forgiving people that I know. And I thought, how is this possible? <laughs> so that's why I created the Joyful Kids um, yeah. as a hopefully a revolution in education and a way for us to help our children become happier people. And then, you know, they're the the future leaders. We're only going to benefit. Yeah. 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 Your work. um, I have to put you in contact with my guest from the episode 12. We talked about peace, a young man. um, Now he's 18, but he started filming atrocities in Syria at the age of 15. Um, and I'm, I'm still, I mean, the episode is a few, a few months back, but I'm still deeply, deeply moved by that episode in our conversation. What an incredible human being. And yeah, I mean, he, of course, is helping refugee children in Syria, in Turkey, visiting them and all that. Yes. And I think your work will be very, very helpful there too. I would love to, to you. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I will introduce you to him. Um, that is absolutely everything you say, and it makes my work so enriching. It's not so much what I teach them. I I always plant a good portion of love into my lessons to give them. Here is here is a lot of competition. Everything is measured on grades and which university you get into, and all that. All of that is fine, but even if you don't, you are still beautiful and valuable. It doesn't. This doesn't define you who you are. And of course, the high suicide rates freak me also out because um, we are afraid that something like that could happen to our own students. 
and then you you lose somebody who who you care for. Mm. Yep. And and of course, uh, so, uh, um, one of the reasons, one of the issues we do have is the issue of that we believe we can we express love by be, by giving another present, by giving another toy, another iPhone, another this or another that. Well, that's the beauty of love is that there are so many different languages of love. So there's the book and, the, and it's wonderful. And I um, recommend everyone listening to take the online test. It's for free. And it's the five love languages. So find out, A, what all the different love languages are. You've mentioned a few, right? Gifting is one, but gifting is actually receiving gifts. You know, how well are you able to receive gifts yourself? I used to suck at that. I was great at gifting to others, but receiving compliments, I was like, yes. oh, my. Yeah. Okay. but then we have things like um, quality time. You know, quality time means that you're giving one on one attention to another person. You're just being together. That's a big love language. Then we have acts of service, doing something for someone else, not only taking the trash out, I don't know, maybe giving them a massage or <laughs> just doing an act of service for them. Um, and then we have words of affirmation, right? So I used to be really terrible at that too. I would only tell people if something was wrong. I thought, well, if I say nothing, then that means it's all good, right? <laughs> so I had to learn to also express it more often and, and you know, give compliments and and now I love giving compliments. It's it's so beautiful. And it's also a great way of, you know, actually practicing self-love is to go out yes. and beauty within other people and compliment them on that and say, hey, I love the red of your blouse. It, it looks like this little fire around your neck um, or, hey, great socks. It doesn't matter what it is, but you're giving joy. And when you yes. give that spark of joy, it automatically bounces back. And then you'll notice how awkward some people can be when you give them a compliment but usually yeah. people badly say something like if you say I don't know pretty dress they say oh it was a, it, it's this old it's a cheap old thing I got and you're like really the best way to respond to a compliment is to say thank you or even yeah. I receive that I appreciate you you know just practice and at, at the beginning just say thank you and then zip it but don't give the thing right? yes. and then when really brave you say I received that <laughs> yeah. and yeah you were gonna there's, say a, there's an observation I have to share with you here in China though I also I've also practiced the complimenting and I remember complimenting a colleague of mine saying oh beautiful earrings um and she said oh I have I have two of them. I will give you the other, other pair. So no, no, that's not the intention of my compliment. It's just simply because they're really beautiful and classy. And so because, for my birthday, I got because those. humans, we have yeah. this law of reciprocity. That's the law in yes. action. You you give <laughs> some. Most people will have the need to give something back, right? And yeah. that, that works. Beautiful. Thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> if you're watching right so i just want to make sure that we're also conscious that we're learning because we're having a lot of fun so if you want to practice self-love you are going to start noting what you're grateful for when you notice you're stuck you work through those emotions put your playlist of music on move through it and then put the self-love in daily practice by checking out what are my love languages? What are the love languages of the people around me? Because you see, yeah. they might not be synced. 
Um, I was married in my first um, marriage to a man whose uh, love language is gifting. So he would give amazing gifts. But, but the thing that was so important to me, which was quality time, he couldn't do. He found it really hard to stay in one place for longer than like three minutes. He was more of a Duracell bunny, constantly going, right? So we weren't synced there. And it would have been so helpful to me to have known about these love languages so that I could be better at all five of them. Because you yes. see, we want to become masters at love showing love in sharing love in and doing that for ourselves too so one way of practicing this love is for instance to give more compliments and to understand how do I respond to compliments myself and can I say thank you okay now we're caught up <laughs> that's a teacher yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. sorry no that's I'm a teacher too I completely understand I, I completely I completely understand when I get going also I, sometimes I ask do we have that much time <laughs> make sure that our audience is gaining from this yes yeah no i thank you so much um but my this is now my observation joy i presume that children who are loved uh, early in their lives um also mature into adults or first teenagers and then adults having a more confident sense of self-worth in today's world i have to admit especially among females we often face, or young women face, sex, sexual stereotyping and the commercialization of sex. We know the we know about movies that don't sell unless there is a certain sex scene in them. How does the foundational love result in a self-worth, uh, and how does it prepare these teenagers better for the context of sexuality later? Because sexuality is something very normal, but it's reduced to a commercial product. It's, it's it's exploited definitely because you know what what sells most right sex and drugs <laughs> so yes that's exactly exactly um great question um I have noticed that you know it, especially with having worked with so many different people from so many different works of life you know this thing of being loved as a child is very subjective so we have, I'd say, we have a, a group of people who were traumatized in their childhood. And I, when I say traumatized in their childhood, I mean, first, the, especially the first seven years, because those are the programming years. So whatever happens in those first seven years is going to have a massive impact on the programming of our subconscious mind and our brains and literally our whole body, because our body remembers trauma, too. So yes. Some of um, us have experienced severe trauma in those first seven years through sexual abuse, through emotional abuse, through just abuse, put it that way, right? So that's one group of people. And then we'll have a group of people who had actually a, a good, good childhood, but they will still feel when you work with them and especially start working with the unconscious mind, so more the child mind, right? That even though they had no big trauma going on, for them, a certain incident of the dad having to, I don't know, move to a different city for work and them not feeling loved and them feeling abandoned and all that created the same kind of drama as the one who was actually physically abused. So the subjective experience of our childhood is very, very crucial to how we're going to learn to deal with whatever happened and at some point grow up. I have dealt with, I don't know, maybe 65-year-old women or men who were actually behaving like a child 
They were stuck in being that five-year-old that didn't get the birthday present they wanted. And I'm being crude here, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Someone like I mentioned before, and who I've worked with a lot of sexual abuse um, uh, victims as well, who were able to transform that and, and become incredible human beings. So I say the past is the past. It's no longer there. That you, whatever it was that you experienced, isn't there anymore. <laughs> but so much of um, our human conditioning makes us feel so attached to that identity in the past and so scared of letting it go because it's still our comfort zone. It's still what we're used to. You see, if we've been having these repetitive thoughts, these repetitive beliefs for decades, 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 we'll feel comfortable with that hurt self. And we'll feel scared of even the idea of embracing a new self that doesn't need to have any of that. Because you see, even the worst trauma or illness or or thing that happens to us always had some benefit. Um, I've worked with a lot of cancer patients. And when we start working on the limiting beliefs of what could be stopping them from going into self-healing, very often things will come up like, well, but it's the first time that I'm actually experiencing the love and care of my family. And, oh, now now I can finally take a break. You know, that's going on totally subconsciously. So we have to look at these things, look at the past, understand it, but also just, just take the lessons and say, okay, why did some part of me create this? And that's stepping into that ownership of I am the creation of my life yeah. even honestly even these parents that I chose I say in my belief system I chose that I chose all these people that I'm surrounded with I'm, I'm vibrating on a level of frequency with them because that's just my frequency right now so whatever is in my field I have to deal with and it's now my choice do I want to deal with that with the anger and, and resentment and, and, and the victimhood or whatever and staying like that or do I want to say okay I'm going to rise above this <sighs> I'm going to face my demons I'm going to say okay what's the good in this what's the good even in someone who hurt me what did it let me learn am I now a better person because of that and then suddenly we've switched frequencies and all that old stuff really doesn't bother us anymore we know it's there but it's like a history book it's no yes. longer affecting us. And that's yes. that emotional detachment, the, the, the breaking of the karmic links, that learning of the lessons, that process of forgiveness, whatever it is that makes us have that aha moment. And the moment we have that, ah, we've moved, we've shifted. And, and then it's just about, you know, practicing good new habits to keep that vision of the future alive. So we want to focus more on where do I want to go? What kind of person do I want to be today? How do I want to feel when I go to bed in the evening? And take the time throughout the day to have little reset moments. That's what I had to learn. I was also a Duracell bunny. Go, 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 go the whole time. I always have a lot of energy, right? But I noticed I was getting burned out and I was grumpy and I wasn't feeling the passion for my work anymore. I had to change something. So now what I do is I take religious breaks religious I mean by being that dedicated to it so my self time and my the time I spend to to take care of me has increased dramatically and you know what the fascinating thing is I have never worked so little had so much fun working and had so much impact as I have now 
I might yes. have helped people in the past, just like I am now, but it wasn't getting that impact. So I I feel happier than ever before. And I, I, I just want everybody listening to know that you can have this too. You know, really you can by making time, making, putting it in your schedule and starting out and saying, okay, I am not going to get on my phone. I am not going to turn on any device for the first hour after I get up. Huge game changer. Nobody needs to be online the hour after they get up. Get up earlier. Get up earlier and take an hour in the morning to to do what gives you joy, whether that's having a hot bath, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's sitting and meditating. I say have at least 10 minutes of silence in the morning to just breathe. Just 10 minutes. It's doable. And then you'll see you'll love that first hour. After that, you'll notice, oh, lunchtime is more than just eating. I could take another of those 10 minutes and just breathe myself into a state of bliss. I could cuddle up in a blanket somewhere. I could just take my 10 minutes for me, sit under a tree, go for a walk outside, just do something for you. And then do the same again in the evening before you go to bed. You want to let go of the day. I think so many of us, I used to do the same and I, I that's why it's such a, a diligent practice of mine now. I would take basically the whole day to bed. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't switch off everything until like 10 minutes before I went to bed. Now I say, no, after 8 p.m., nobody needs to get hold of me anymore. I can be reachable for my family if they absolutely have to call me, but I don't need to be on social media. I don't need to be scrolling through the internet. I can just let it go and not have that blue light in my brain. Okay, so that yes. blue light from the screens really keeps our brain into a state of frazzle. So I switch it off. And then I'll either go for a walk, I'll take a bath, I'll start reading, I'll do my meditation, my breath work, and I'll write a gratitude list. I'll think yeah. of at least 10 things um, that were, worked out for me today and that I loved. And then I'll set my intention for the next day and say, okay, what do I want to do tomorrow? Bam, 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 write down three things. That's my most important thing. Then I do my prayers and then I go to bed. And that way you've... <sighs> detached from the day and you can use your nightly hours to actually astral travel to talk to your highest self you see our sleep time hours I think are the ones we're using least effectively I am a big fan of brain trainings at night so I just have you know my my brain trainings as a guided meditations or healing music on at a barely audible level I'm very sensitive to noise so I keep it to a whisper level put it right at the other end of my bedroom. And that's way I am sleeping in good frequencies all night. Anybody can do that. It's for free. Yes. You can get great music, healing music, whole tones, for instance, on, on Spotify or whatever, download some meditations or voices that you like, like mine, I have a few, um, and, and keep it on repeat. It's a great way to learn new languages too, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed, uh, that's a good point. I'm learning Chinese, so that's a good point. That's that's uh, that's something I will practice because the speaking part is. I'm listening to the radio in the background at work to get the language into my better into my ears. Reading and uh, writing is actually the least least problem of the, the speaking part. The intonations, the really really fine intonations are. Are keeping me <laughs> awake. Ben, I think I, and we also, by the way, have quite a few Chinese audios because we taught in China so often. So you might find something there that you like. Yeah. Um, I would recommend checking out the content of what you're hearing. So because you were saying you're listening to radio, it's great to get the intonation right. 
On the other side, you're getting a lot of programming maybe that might not be that great. So I'd watch out for that. That's a tip yeah. for anybody. I, I think rebellion right now, for anybody who's feeling a little frustrated at the state of the world, true rebellion, it's not what you think it is. It's not often going out in the streets with flags. True rebellion could often be switching off mainstream yeah. media. Just yeah. tuning out. <laughs> just like no longer give that programming your attention. And yeah. Focus on what do I want to program myself with? So what what are healing affirmations? What 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 is like? I love listening to sacred music from from all over the world. I have African chants and Indian stuff going on, and I love looking up the mantras because I want to know what I'm feeding my brain with. Yeah, that's a good point with the music because we have a theme music that we got um, from Deva Pranal, uh, the mother, the ocean uh, yeah. song, the ocean theme song of, of our whole series. Oh, yes, I want to Yes, it is. And she does a great job. So I'm so grateful that she, she granted us the song as our theme song. And I highly recommend her, her music um, and also as a, as a relaxing music. An incredible voice. She has a truly divine voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what you're mentioning, um, Joy, um, is, is yeah, what we're looking ahead or, or what many people are experiencing with COVID, uh, you know, has put strain on many families. People lost their loved ones. They're grieving the, the additional pressure of homeschooling, um, especially on women and mothers. And uh, people lost their businesses, um, lockdowns, pressure on relationships, um, so many things. So things that you mentioned, I, I'm positive that all, all of the things you just mentioned could help people get slowly out of this. Like you said, just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. Interesting. You see, we're giving, being given that break for Every day, me. start with 10 minutes, get away from everybody and sort your minds, get away from, yeah. Yes. I, uh, but, you had just frozen. But, it was so interesting. Oh, okay. We'll have to cut that out. My internet is acting up in a moment. Let's hope that it gets through. Um, yeah, uh, all, of these, all of these little breaks uh, so that people can step out um, and turn off the notifications, turn off any sounds on your phone and just just be out there. I agree. I totally agree. I want to reloop back to the question about the, the sexual exploitation and all that. And I want to come back to the idea that the most important thing that we can develop for ourselves is a healthy sense of self-worth, right? Yes. That's why when I work with my clients and in all my meditations and in all the work that I have, they're constantly affirmations of um, empowering beliefs because we all have um, a set of empowering beliefs that we must be congruent with to be able to create a joyful and healthy life. So when I work with my clients, I always test them and see, can, are they strong, right? With a kinesiologist muscle test, right? Say, am I congruent with, I am worthy of a happy, healthy, long life. Um, I love myself. Um, I am wise. I am more than wise enough. I am more than beautiful enough. So having these kind of beliefs firm in your unconscious mind, that's the foundation, 
that we need to be able to do it. And that's a foundation we can create anytime because you see our brain is so trainable. It's, it's yeah. not thing you're given and that's it no it stays malleable and, and trainable up until the very day much. we die exactly. so very we much so. diligent about putting the right programming in and that's why all these tools that i teach the tapping the um you know the breath work and everything is just to help you get into your unconscious mind to reprogram it so that you have all these healthy beliefs firm in your unconscious mind and then you're no longer vibing at the level of attracting sexual exploitation you're you're not in victim mode anymore because you see let's think about just a practical example say uh, there's a dark lonely street and there's a robber who's out gonna rob someone right he's gonna mug someone and then there are two people walking down the street there's one guy walking down the street super confident happy alive marching down right and then the other guy is just very scared you know walking like this maybe double masked and gloves and hazmat on What's the easier victim? Of course, he's going to go for the one that's vibing at that level. So it's all about making sure that you are vibing with the identity of who you want to be. And that's practice. So I yeah. think doing that will keep you safe <laughs> from all kinds of drama because you're no longer attracting it. And if you do face something or someone who is a potential abuser, you will be in a better state to be able to defend yourself, to A, recognize, oops, this is happening. So you won't even go there. And if it does happen, you'll be empowered to be able to, you know, step into who you are. Um, I think that is the solution to that, just to close that loop. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the, you're, that's a very good point because uh, they'll also, what you mentioned with congruency, it's very important that we are congruent with these messages if we are not, what I discovered in my personal work, if we are not congruent, we then are led into the rabbit hole of one particular topic, and this can help us then get light into the rabbit hole and clear out that the, the stuff out so that we then really can reprogram. So we can take this, if we are not seeing results as we please to, we would like to see them, we can take that as a learning. Oh, there's something I have to work on um to in order to to get there to that's that right. state that's right and then then there are great people out there who, who can help you with that it's yes. not it's but it does take realizing oops <laughs> it oops, does oops, exactly oops <laughs> it does take claiming that ownership so that's why i will only work with people one-on-one -on -one who tell me a specific problem they have and I say okay this keeps happening in my life. I am stuck here and I, I will do everything it takes to get out of this because then they're owning it. They're no longer blaming, oh, it's because so and so and so and so. It's never my fault. And I've already been to 55 therapists and nobody can help me. I'm like, oh, well, something's going on that you're not owning. So, yes, it does take that moment to say, ah, OK, I need help here. And then it's 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 a fun journey. I love getting sessions with other people. I constantly, you know, keep developing trainings and, and consulting other teachers and grow because otherwise I'm just going to be in, in my own library tower and that's yeah. not going to be anyone. Yeah. So em embrace that vulnerability. You're, you're not perfect, although you are. And you're going to keep finding things that could do with improvement. And that's good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Oh my God, Joy, I love so much your work. Um, <laughs> what do you like best about it? 
the the element of exactly what I have been doing for the last um, let's say what um, twelve years, twelve years. This was the the moment when I had to take a different turn, um, and it's exactly what you what you are doing and what have been following and following with working with another um, with another practitioner with another soul practitioner who helped me evolve over these years. It's exactly that owning, accepting, facing it. Facing it, say it's not pretty. It is deep and dark and not pretty. Yet it's the only way how to get light in. And light is the way uh, light and love is where we will then eventually get. So yes, that's why um, I mean I I love what you do. So glad to have you on conversations with Mother. Well, Rumi has a beautiful quote. He said, "Wounds are the places where the light gets in." Yes. Exactly. Crack. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's a crack in every. No. Yeah. Um, the uh, a great um, uh, the great singer um, from Montreal. Um, he he said uh, uh, he's not with us uh, anymore. Passed away a, a few years back, but he was also at the same time a poet. Um, he said there is a crack in everything. That's how life gets in. Light gets mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like I love the Japanese. Yeah, when they when in in Japan, when a valuable bowl breaks, for instance, they glue it together with gold, so it becomes even more valuable. Although it had been broken, I like that that idea of you know, don't focus on the cracks or the wounds as as like scars that are something might have potentially ugly, but fill it with gold and, and see how much you learn from that experience. Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. Joy, I am sure that you have lots of fans among my listeners today. I, you know that I am a big fan of your work. So grateful for, for what you are doing, but I think uh, other people will try to reach out. Where can they find you? Well, I'm really active on social media just because I'm using that platform to really connect with people. So it, it is me on Facebook and it is me on Instagram under Dr. Joy Matina. And I always respond to posts if I'm tagged in them. And I really I enjoy the conversations with my friends and followers because it keeps me so in tune of what's going on and where the pains and, and the passions are of my friends and yeah then I have my own homepage drjoymatina.com and if you want to do an online training right now with me and my husband we have just launched our yeah biggest online training so far yet called quantum esp where we are currently teaching around a thousand people from all over the world and you can join anytime how to really super hone their extrasensory perception. So we're going into all the fun things like channeling, astral traveling, teaching all this funky stuff that used to only be available to, you know, an elite group of people, teaching it to anyone. You can absolutely learn how to channel Mother Earth, your spirit guides, your highest self, whatever you're interested in. If you just have the tools to train your brain to do that, because our brain is a receiver and sender of information. So we've put all our wisdom into that training and we're so excited to have so many people join, you know, who knew even when I started the Crystalline Oracle training at the beginning, we were like 124 oracles and that already felt 
big, right? And now we're potentially going to have thousands of oracles of these awakened human beings who are using their brain to really, you know, find helpful and creative solutions for the problems our planet is facing. That's our intention for it. So we're looking for the, the new Teslas, the new, you know, engineers and, and great people uh, who can help us do that. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Tesla. Nikola Tesla belongs to my minority. We are from the same region in Croatia, the Serbian minority from there. It's um, an and extraordinary no human being. His work in, especially also in medicine, where he was already, um, you know, telling us it's all frequency. You've got to, you know, cells have a frequency. A healthy cell has a different frequency than a sick cell. He was already on that. And it's so beautiful to see that his work is coming back onto this planet. I, yes. I feel excited about that. And my yeah, second name, did you know that? No, me too. Me too, exactly. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you for the, from the bottom of my heart for your insights, David. Thank you. Thank you for spending precious time with me. It's very precious indeed. Very <laughs> precious for me as well. Dear listeners, as Joy has made clear, giving and receiving love from others and also giving love to ourselves can enrich our lives. This should not be surprising to us as we are divine beings living a human experience. We should be loving to out each other and loving to ourselves because we love the divine through us. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining the 24th broadcast of Conversations with Mother Earth today. This is the last episode in this format, and I am happy to finish it with an extraordinary topic and an extraordinary woman you, that you experienced yourself. Now you understand why I love her work so much. I'm thrilled to announce there will be two more special bonus sessions. The next one will be connecting the dots. And then after that, we will have a grand finale. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of Conversations with Mother Earth. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to these episodes as much as I have loved bringing these conversations to you. Looking ahead, Stay tuned for the next two weeks' bonus episodes. Thank you.